Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. This is our Q&A series where I answer questions that you have asked about the infinite banking concept and becoming your own banker. So let's get started. Will I be taking a loan from the paid premium or policy? Listen, if you own a life insurance policy, you pay a premium. It is from the cash value that that premium creates. That cash value is just the net present value of a future death benefit minus future premium payments. Let's be clear on what the cash value is. Now, if you have a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy and you've had it for some time, it will have a cash value and the contract has a loan provision. You are borrowing money from the life insurance company and you are collateralizing that cash value. That's where the money comes from, the general revenue fund of the life insurance company. All right, and you have that contractual right because the life insurance contract is a contract and if you have cash value and you have a loan provision, that's a contractual right the owner can exercise. Clearly, the money comes from the life insurance company. You're collateralizing the cash value. Is there a limit to what you can buy with the loan? Can I buy Bitcoin? Man, you can buy whatever you want. Okay, so the short answer is no, there's not a limit. If I borrow money from the life insurance company, because I've collateralized my life insurance policy, I'm gonna buy whatever I wanna buy. Thanks for asking. Huge fan of your podcast. Thank you. I was wondering about the capitalization period and what happens if you were to access capital in year one instead of letting the policy mature for another three or four years. Nothing happens. Um, you're just collateralizing the cash value that is available for loan amount, and the policy is going to do what it does. Now, there are some companies that are direct recognition. They directly recognize an outstanding loan, and they therefore reduce the dividend. Um, and then there are other companies that are non-direct recognition. They just pay the dividend whether there's an outstanding loan or not. But you can do what you want and when you want to do it, right? because it's a unilateral contract, Einbahnstrasse. Isn't that powerful if you just think about that? You accumulate money and then you can demand money. That's pretty good. And then that entity that you're using as collateral just keeps increasing in value. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, James, for doing the Q&A episodes. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. You are very knowledgeable and careful when addressing and answering questions. Here's my questions. Can the loan taken out from a whole life insurance be used to lend to others? If the insurance charges 4% on a loan, will they allow for me to lend that to someone else and charge the other person 5% interest? Will the insurance underwriter need to seek how the loan will be used by the other individual? Thank you, good question. Um, no. So the underwriting, the underwriter of a life insurance company is only in the picture when you're um, in the initial phases of applying for life insurance. They're underwriting you medically 
whether you qualify or not for the face amount. And then there's some financial underwriting as well. There's We can all only pay a certain percentage of our total income in premium, and we can all only have a certain total amount of life insurance in force. So there are some financial um, underwriting. There is some financial underwriting that goes on. Once the policy is in force, the underwriter is really out of the picture. He's done his job. Um, and then when you borrow money against the cash value of a life insurance policy, you're just exercising a contractual right. There's no place to put on that loan request what you're going to do with the money or when you're going to pay it back or how you want to pay it back or who you're lending it to or what they're going to do with it. So the short answer is no, you can do what you want. My encouragement would be, of course, to do something that's legitimate, right? Legal, useful, beneficial to yourself, your family, or society. Um, thank you for asking. I'm new to the IBC concept. I just don't understand how this works. I am so confused. I get the being your own banker, I don't understand how the policy works. So I have a big lump sum of money coming, trying to figure it out. What do I do? Keep learning. Reach out to our office, James at Banking with Life. I mean, our information's all over our channel and all over our website. Go to the Nelson Nash Institute, nni.org, infinitebanking.org. There's a list of um, practitioners all over the country, Canada. Puerto Rico, all over. Um, but you should read Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, first book. You should read his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. You should watch the DVD, Banking with Life. I have a vested interest in that. I was the executive producer of that. And then you should watch Nelson's eight-hour DVD, his eight-hour seminar on DVD. If you will read Becoming Your Own Banker, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth, if you will watch Nelson's eight-hour seminar and you will watch the 52-minute uh, Banking with Life DVD, you will know enough to get started confidently and correctly. I have the Become Your Own Banker and study this every day. Good. Also wanting, waiting on approval from a life insurance company. I do not understand how Nelson Nash started the infinite banking when whole life has been around so long. Did he come up with the riders like the PUA, et cetera? Listen, um, his story's in the first part of becoming your own banker. So he tells you quite clearly how he came to the idea that he should become his own banker. And no, he didn't create these riders. Um, Nelson was buying life insurance since he was 13 years old. All right, when he most of his policies didn't even have a PUA rider, they were just straight, traditional, typical dividend paying whole life insurance issued by mutual companies. So, this idea of the PUA, I don't think the PUA was created by the insurance industry until the 80s, right, late 70s. Um, so that just gives you early liquidity and cash values. That's not the end all be all. You wanna pay a high base premium. That's what most people don't really understand when they're new to this idea and they're new to this concept. You wanna pay a high base premium, okay? Um, so straightforward dividend paying life insurance is the bomb diggity. Don't be scared to pay a premium. Is this 
is the ultimate purpose of banking with life banking or accumulation of capital okay well banking with life is you know the name of uh, dvd it's the name of this podcast there's a proprietary content there it's trademark um, the idea of becoming your own banker and the infinite banking concept and becoming your own banker is a book written by nelson nash the infinite banking concept is uh, also trademark owned by the nelson nash institute so let's be clear. The idea of becoming your own banker is to control the banking function. It is not about interest rates. Is it about accumulation of capital? Yes, and control of that capital and then controlling the banking function, the banking equation in your life. That's what it's about. And how long will I have to pay premiums? 20 years or forever? Well, 20 years is a good start. When you see what's going on, you want to pay a premium for as long as you have cash flows, right? Now, if I create something that didn't exist previously and it gets better every year that it is in existence, when do I want to kill it? I don't, okay? So premium is uh, 20 years is a good start to pay premium. This question. I am still trying to understand the benefit of this. If I already have 500000 in cash, why would I want to put it into a life insurance policy only to loan it back to myself? Well, Mr. A, where's your 500000 in cash? Is it under your mattress, CD? Is it in a bank? You know, checking account, savings account? And I really don't care where your money is, but your money does need a primary place of uh, residence. And good for you for accumulating 500000 you know. Um, why would I want to put it into a life insurance policy? Because you understand what's going on with money and cash flows. Just because you have $500,000 doesn't mean you understand what's going on with money and cash flows. Right? So my encouragement would be to read Becoming Your Own Banker, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth, going to the Nelson Nash Institute, and purchasing an eight-hour seminar presented by Nelson Nash himself live. Um, it's on DVD. And, you know, go through that. Don't listen to a 20-minute video and, and then ask a question, why would you want to do all this? Like, I can answer that with a 20-minute video. I mean, it's a legitimate question. I'm just saying that's where you would figure out why you wanted to do this. Becoming Your Own Banker, the book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. Second book, eight-hour seminar of Nelson Nash himself teaching his eight-hour seminar. And you get that at the Nelson Nash Institute. And this question, I need to know, do we have an agent that does infinite banking in Southern California? Yes, you do. And there's many of them down there. Um, if you want to find an agent, then I would encourage you to go to the Nelson Nash Institute and look for a recognized practitioner. Okay. And this question begins with a statement, a very long statement. I see two end members presented by various insurance producers. One is a particular split between the base and the PUA with riders. The other is a different split between the base and the PUA, sometimes with or without riders. Um, some are intentionally up to the MAC. The premium is built up to the MAC. Some are not. I also believe that Nelson, Mr. Nash states that the payment of 
extra interest is actually not an interest payment, but a payment to premium. So how does Mr. Nash and both of you gentlemen actually approach policy design? Listen, um, the way we build policies is, I don't want to say proprietary information, but it's proprietary information. We don't have a cookie cutting uh, method that is not where you start when you build policies is a ratio between a base premium and a PUA premium. And all of these other questions are directly answered in our client only um, area of our website. So you got to be a client young man to know all the inner secrets. Wow, awesome. How do I choose the right company? A great question one. Work with a competent practitioner of the infinite banking concept and do your homework right that them that the company and uh, don't fall for you know new shiny flashy objects and presentations on the subject of laddering policies quote unquote and also writing a policy for as much premium as possible in order to get as much as possible out of one policy I know what way you're describing people who are using the laddering, quote unquote, is not a wise way to add policies. But as far as multiple policies go, didn't Nelson teach that over time your goal is to accumulate more policies, therefore more premium? Um, yeah. So let's all right, laddering is specifically. Steve is referencing the idea of buying a life insurance policy. Let's say I pay $100,000 in premium in a, in a policy. And then I immediately or quickly collateralize that cash value and buy a second policy. And then I collateralize that second policy and buy a third policy. And so on and so on and so on. And I've seen them drug out and presented, you know, out to 10 and 15 policies. That's laddering, stacking. There's lots of terminology for it. It's not moral, ethical, or legal. Theoretically, can it be done? Yes, it can be done. As long as you have the premium to pay, right? Nothing goes wrong. Interest rates don't go up. Dividends don't go down. You know, what could happen, What, right? Okay, so that's laddering. Stacking policies, buying one policy, taking the cash value immediately to buy the second or soon, quickly, to buy the second policy. So the second policy premium is coming from a loan from the first policy. The third policy premium is coming from a loan from the second policy. The fourth premium, right, is coming from a loan from the third policy and so on and so on and so on. That's laddering. Now, um, so Steve understands that that is really not a wise way to add policies, right? Good job, Steve. That is not a wise way. And yes, the argument out there is, well, you're creating a place to put money. Uh, you can present it however you want to. There's never a problem until there's a problem, right? When there's a problem, there's a problem, right? It could be a substantial tax problem, all right? Not, not to mention the financial wreck that that would cause. But look, the agent got paid. So, you know, as W.C. Fields used to say, you know, uh, the firm got paid, the broker got paid, and the only other person in that equation is a consumer, and two out of three ain't bad. Think about that. Okay. Um, didn't Nelson teach that over time your goal is to accumulate more policies, therefore premium? Yes, he did. He taught that you should control the banking function in your life. 
the banking function as it equates to you. And he also said that it would take the average bear 14 years to become his own banker. Well, you think that through. Listen, we're all driving around one car, two cars, three cars, have a house, all the toys, uh, you know, the boats, the RVs, the motorcycles, the vacations, the education, the deductibles for medical, the deductibles for health. I mean, look at all these things that you're financing and everything is financed. You either pay cash, right? Give up interest you could have otherwise earned or you formally finance by using the third party lender's money. So when we're all initially, most of us, when we're exposed to this idea of becoming your own banker, you know, how, how, uh, I mean, it's okay for me to wrap my mind around how, I'm, how am I going to finance a car? Then like, you can go shop at car. You, you can hardly find a car for under $25,000 today. You can spend $50,000 in a heartbeat buying a car. Well, how long will it take you to accumulate $50,000 in cash value or $25,000 in cash value on a properly, legitimately structured dividend paying life insurance policy? It's going to take a couple of years. Oh, wait a minute. Your wife drives a car too. Oh, wait a minute. Your children drive cars too. I mean, yeah, one policy never gets it done. Rarely gets it done. I don't want to say never. Um, so it is okay to buy more than one policy. But that that purchase should come from your income, your cash flows. It should not come from HELOCs and borrowing money on other assets, which is all laddering is. If I buy one policy, it's an asset, and then I leverage that asset to buy another, then leverage that asset to buy another. And so I'm not even disparaging leveraging, right? I mean, we all leverage our homes. I mean, we all do some form of leveraging, so I don't want to disparage that. But the idea that one policy gets it done is 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 not uh, really correct. So you are correct. Nelson did encourage you to become your own banker and to control the banking function as it relates to you. And that typically takes more than one policy. That does not mean that you should go leverage everything that you have to build Frankenstein policies um, so you can finance everything in year one or two. So I hope that answers your question. Laddering is bad. You can make a case for it. I've seen all the present, not all of them. I've seen my share of presentations. I've been exposed to them. Um, I don't know everything, but I've seen an awful lot. And laddering is a sales gimmick. Right? It's a sales gimmick. That's what that is. Um, and yes, Nelson taught that you should own more than one policy over time. Why? Because it is going to take more than one policy for you to control the banking function in your life. If you have a question that you would like answered, email us at james at bankingwithlife.com or leave us a comment below. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.